Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore Issue Podcast or Twitter at just the Issue Podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We're back. It's Monday, August 3rd, and uh, we have a good episode coming up for you today. It is our Monday episode, so you'll get our divisional segment later on in the second segment of uh, today's show. But I'm here with Tim once again, and uh, I know you have a rant to start us out with. Yeah, you know, just just saw, you know, Bart Scott. Oh, he's just so, so irrelevant. Um, He said that you can't even mention Troy Palmo in the same breath as Ed Reed. Yeah, Bart, that was was great, man. You know, the one Pro Bowl and the one second-team All-Pro really gave you a lot of – a lot of cash hit a talk on something about being great, huh? Considering you were not even average. That's actually well below. Like that's terrible. Actually, you're you're not good. You know, you're just not good. Um, and actually, if we analyze your actual one Pro Bowl, it was because Ray Lewis was hurt and you replaced him. So let's just you know let's slow let's pump the brakes on that too. Um, but but let's let's be real here. Let's, let's keep Troy's name out of your mouth because he's head and shoulders. And then, like, another head and shoulders, no pun intended, because, you know, Troy's a sponsor. He is, like, he's, like, four bodies, uh, like, four full bodies above Bart Scott. It's not even close. Um, and, yeah, so Ed Reed, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Ed Reed either. Ed Reed is a great – he is arguably better than Troy. I'm not going to say that they're, like, that Troy's better than Ed Reed. I think it's very close. But, but Bart Scott said he can't even be mentioned in the same breath. Well, that's just wrong, okay? Yeah, Reed has more interceptions and more touchdowns and more return yards. Okay, Troy, so much more. He added so much more. He had more tackles, more sacks, more tackles for loss, more fumbles forced. And oh, wait, what's that one really big category? Oh, it's it's Super Bowls. That's right. So Troy had two. Ed Reed only had one. Yeah. And then so Ed Reed's like, quote unquote, greatness. That was led them to one Super Bowl win. Troy not only led the Steelers, was an integral part of the Steelers for two Super Bowls, but he actually did anyone remember when the Steelers were almost like considered a dynasty? It was it was pretty close there. Yeah. If we beat the Packers, we were in dynasty talks. Has anyone I've never heard one person ever say, Hey guys, you remember the Ravens dynasty with Ed Reed? <laughs> no one has ever said that. No one's ever even said, Oh, you guys remember the almost Ravens dynasty? No one's ever even came close to saying that. They'd be laughable to say that the Ravens had dynasty. No. They actually always choke in the playoffs, if we're gonna be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and just because Bart Scott says that Bart Scott, I, I don't understand it. Troy is ninety nine times better than you. Don't don't rip him. Don't get out of here, please. Get out of here. Go talk about someone else. Just because the Steelers can repeatedly whoop the Ravens, yeah, when you were on them, doesn't mean that that gives you the clearance to just rip all their players. Um, yeah. Like, Ed might might be slightly better in some aspects, but to say that they're not even close, you'd have to be, like, actually heating something up and, and injecting it right into you. You'd have to be on some sort of anything. Because Bart lived in – you lived in Ray Lewis's shadow his entire the entire career. I mean, Bart got um, – the reason he – actually, Bart Scott actually got to play on the Ravens' defense. He was a, he was a good special teamer. 
The only reason he actually got in on defense is because Ray Lewis got hurt and he got a chance. And honestly, I think him ripping uh, Paul Malu has some. Uh, I bet. It, I bet there's some pettiness that goes into that too. Being yeah. on the Ravens and couldn't beat the Steelers back when Paul Malu played, or when, um, when they were on the Jets and we beat the Jets in the AFC Championship yeah. game at Heinz Field. He was yeah. Bart Scott was on that team. Yep. And uh, I mean, seriously, Bart Scott, you're useless. You, I mean, you're actually useless. No one actually cares about you. Um, and that statement was, it's, it's like a bug. It's a little, little gnat on Troy's like windshield, you know, his hall of fame Ferrari windshield, you know? Um, but yeah, Bart Scott, keep driving around your, uh, you're like Chevy Impala and not going to the hall of fame. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, have fun. But, uh, let's be real here. Troy way better. It's not oh, even yeah. close. Um, but between Ed Reed and Troy Palmo, definitely that, that, that part is close. I think Troy. And Ed Reed are very, very equal. Um, very similar players. Yeah, I. Hmm. Well, I, it's I gonna think... hurt because I'm not the not going with the hometown guy. I would say Ed Reed's better, but it is so, so very close. The reason I think so is just because of how many touchdowns he has and how he was able to flip games instantly. Yeah. I mean, Troy with his sacks and his titles for loss was obviously huge, but um. Yeah, I mean, when I he, would just say that Ed Reed was more impactful, but I would say in the overall grand scheme of things, Troy, like I said, two Super Bowls and was a much more integral part of that. So I would say um, legacy-wise, Troy's better, but I think talent, I think Ed Reed had a lot more game-changing ability. Yeah, I would. I but would I wouldn't say that. that you can't even mention him in the same breath. That would be no, insane yeah. to say something like that. That's insane, especially when you look at, like you said, um, Troy leads and tackles, tackles for loss, all that type of stuff. Sacks, uh, sacks. Force. When he would, you know, he'd blow up that line of scrimmage. Coming he'd in jump and, right over and, the line. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then you could just look up the highlights. Google it. And Troy Paul, Troy Paul Mullins highlight reel is just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, just the way that guy saw the field was just, in, it, it was incredible. Well, yeah, I like the, I like the one story of uh, Pat McAfee was trying to line up and, for like a fake, and they were playing at Pittsburgh, which Magnus, he grew up in Pittsburgh, and so um, he really wanted, you know, have like a fake, it was like a fake field goal or extra point or something like that, and he was like real excited to try it out, right? And uh, and he was like, he's, do you remember the story? He was like, he was watching, yeah. watching film, and Troy always lined up in the one gap. Mm-hmm. And then the only time that Troy's ever lined up in the, like the gap that would protect against the fake was when he was going against McAfee, and McAfee was just talking about how smart Troy is and just, yeah. His just football, how good he was. His football IQ is off the charts. I mean, probably one of the best, um, I'd say, safeties. Actually, you know what? I'm revising my statement. Troy's better than I read, and I think the fact that just how smart he was that – Just the football IQ. Yeah. That's what it comes down to a lot of the times. How well do you know the, the game? Yeah. But um, I want to transition here into some news uh, that we got for you guys. Uh, big one out of the MLB. Cespedes elects not to play for the rest of 2020. Um, well, that's going to hurt. That is going to hurt the team a lot. Uh, easy. I don't know if I'd go a lot here. Um, what do you think about that, though? I mean, yeah, they I think it was weird how he just, did it. Yeah. Um, just left. I don't know if I would say it. It's going to hurt them a lot because, you know. He's only played. He was batting like one something, one seventy something. Well, I mean, just he did have that big home run, yeah. but losing anyone in this season is going to be well. Tough. Yeah, no, that's I what mean, I'm saying yeah. because you already have a depleted roster. Well, you're, you're carrying more guys, but what if somebody goes like test positive? Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, it's definitely not. 
Definitely not preferred. No, it's but, not ideal. But I mean, I don't think it's that big a deal. I think it was more bigger deal how he did it and yeah. just how flaky he's been. Four years, I think he's played like 40 games for the Mets. Like it's, he got signed to that huge contract. This is the last year of that contract. And he's, and he's been out. absolutely terrible. And the Mets just continue to sign people. It brings back to the Bobby Bonilla one where they sign him and they still owe him a million dollars, a little over a million every year, every July until I think 2023 or something like that. Yeah. For the next couple of years, they still owe him. They've been owing him since he stopped playing in like 2000-something, like early 2000s. So and the, Mets, the Mets just seem to have bad luck. They can't too. make deals. I, I mean, I would have signed Cespedes too. Like, I don't blame them for doing it, but it just somehow backfires for the Mets. I actually feel bad almost. Yeah, I mean – <laughs> They're the the one New York team that can't get the uh, the contract straightened out. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do want to update. I want an update on this. I know back in a, an earlier episode, we talked about um, our MVP candidates for the MLB this year, and uh, you know what that would look like in the in the sixty game season. Well. You picked Acuna. Yeah, and, I'm getting hurt right now. Acuna's batting 195, only one home run, three RBIs, no stolen bags. And you picked him as the NL MVP candidate. Yeah, he's got a minus .3 war. That's not what you like to see, considering last year his war was a 9.6, which is basically um, wins by replacement, which is basically how valuable and how good you are. You know, yeah. Basically measures just how important you are to your team and how much you account for wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's any uh, surprise who we picked for the AL side of that. Pick yeah, Mike Trout. Trout. He's not doing terrible. Um, Ben T92 again, only four RBIs, no stolen bags, seven hits, but only a point two WAR, only one home run. He's only batted twenty four times. Yeah, I that, think they've been trying to limit him. I, I'm not really sure why, but um, yeah, not so. I'm not looking great on that. Not looking too too great. And my rookie of the year candidate, Gavin Lux, isn't even playing, so that's also not looking great. Things are falling apart here for you. They're falling apart for me big time, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not looking good. Well, to get out of the MLB here for a second and and jump into uh, something else, we have The the Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, former WWE star and actor. And a little bit of a football uh, player in college, too. Yeah. Um, Well, The Rock bought the XFL. Uh, for about $15 million. Um, Love it. I, I think it's a good idea. I think, I know we were talking about this before we started recording. Um, <clears throat> the XFL, it was actually doing better than it ever has. I mean, I well, know it was doing better to, than any of those other, like, well, yeah, those leagues, like the AAF and the whatever, like, you know, all those weird leagues. That they would just randomly start up. Yeah, and, it was doing better than, than that, and it did better than the XFL the first time. Yeah, and they were actually bringing in a large amount of fans too, but then the pandemic kind of killed that. Um, yeah, I think they would have been able to survive the pandemic, but or I think they would have been able to survive, like, I, mean, I still think there would be a league if it wasn't for the pandemic. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that The Rock bought it. And plus, I just like that it gives people opportunities. You've seen people get signed right from it, right to the NFL. So it's like, it's kind of cool to see. It's almost and, like a uh, farm system. And yeah, I like the XFL. It's interesting. It's funny, actually, when these dudes come off the sidelines ripping their coach, and then the coach gets interviewed at halftime ripping the player. It's funny. Yeah. Um, it's a good watch. I like it. I think it offers a, a better level. Uh, 
kind of a, a bridge level in between that uh, college football and just the NFL. Yeah, especially like lower college football. Like yeah. you see a lot of FCS guys, a lot of like group of five guys that aren't yeah. really high draft picks or like they get drafted in the seventh round and don't really make in the league. Um, and then they get a chance. Yeah, a lot of guys from the MAC. Uh, yeah. I know specifically uh, playing in the XFL. But I know they, they fired a, or filed uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy in February, and they've been looking for a buyer ever since. The Rock stepped in and bought it for $15 million. Love it. Um, should give them the jump start they need. And I think he has the connections, even just in that film industry. Yeah, Rock is the Rock is huge. And let's be real here. The XFL is more entertainment than it is a league. Yeah, well, I mean, is. at the end of the day, all leagues are just TV shows. I mean, call what you want. I know they're billions of dollars, and you know you get endorsements, advertising. But like, let's be real here. Nowadays, TV ratings are so huge. All yeah. sports are TV shows, and yeah. the XFL even more. They got hot mics. They got you know funny reporters, reporters on the sidelines. So I mean, it's a. Uh, it's a TV show, and The Rock obviously has a lot of connections in that, so I think that'll be great. It'll be yeah. great for the XFL. It'll be huge. Um, transition a little bit more. I want to talk about the NHL a little bit. And also, payback and office, just to start out right now, also the NBA, I'm loving what these sports are doing. Yeah. It feels like there's <laughs> – that doesn't feel like there's sports there, but it, I don't think it's been taken away from the games much at all. No. Um, the NBA hasn't even got to the playoffs, and they already feel like – big playoff games they're yeah. so intense i like that they technology's crazy too mm-hmm. you see like the little virtual they're like virtual cutouts of fans in the nba so they yeah. have like it's, you could like set up a camera at your house i guess and it feeds directly yeah. to the, so it's kind of like what the mlb did with the cardboard cutouts except it's virtual except it's virtual and it's, it's live reactions yeah, yeah. And it's, it's inside because so like the games are inside so you can do whatever you want really um when it comes to uh you don't have to stick to cardboard. Um, yeah, no, so, I think it. I think it's awesome. But uh, like, I was just gonna say that the leagues are doing so so well. They're doing so well, and the NHL is no different. When I watched that Penguins game, we were getting into it. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. It obviously was basically a playoff game. I would say that this qualifying round is basically yeah. playoffs. Um, but it was very high paced. It was the the guys were into it. There's some sloppy play just because they haven't played in a while. No, oh, yeah. I thought some stick handling and some um some passes could have been more crisp. But overall, I thought it was a really good product. It was great. Yeah, I mean, like you said, me and Tim, we watched that uh that Pens game together. The first qualifying game lost in overtime, three to two to the Canadians. Yeah, that one hurt. But um, I mean, what the NHL has been able to do, it, it's impressive. I think they've handled it better yeah. than the MLB for sure. Uh, the NBA, like you said, is just doing a great job with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see when the NFL actually comes to the like when it actually gets to games. You know what I mean? Like how, how that will yeah, work how it all how work out. Work. But um, I mean, like you said, I haven't noticed that much of a difference. Um, yeah, even like the UFC's been great. Yeah, I mean, every single. I mean, I don't watch MLS, but I've actually heard really good stuff that they're even theirs is good. Like, all the sports that are coming back, I'm super impressed. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And actually, going off the NHL, um, I know you saw a story about the one, the Pens, how they should put uh, Hornquist up to yeah. the first line. So, what I was, uh, Andrew Filippone is a... Uh, Pittsburgh reporter. Yeah, he's a Pittsburgh reporter, I think, does uh, Channel 4 news here at yeah. the Nightly Sports Call, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a tweet from him that said that the the Penguins need to get Hornquist on that first line with Crosby so that he can go and kind of disrupt Carey Price. 
uh, you know, the Canadians' uh, goaltending. I think it's genius. We have Jake Gensel back, right? Yeah, we do have Gensel back. Dude, Gensel, um, Crosby, Hornquist. Yeah. Two playmakers and a net front presence. Put Schultz yeah. in uh, – Latang on the back I'd, end. I put Schultz with Latang for sure. I think that's Dude, a good defensive get, partner. Just I'm not I'm not saying overload because obviously you're gonna have Malkin on the second line and then mm. put you know Malkin didn't didn't impress me at didn't all really in this first look game too too great. But I mean, um, you'll have him on the second line and our third line is very scrappy. But seriously, like let's load up that top line because Sid yeah. skating well, Jake looked good. Um, I thought Latang had some good shots. Oh, for sure. I'm just saying, like, load that top line. Let's get let's get the puck moving. Let's get guys in front of the net. Let's get scrappy. I mean, yeah. I know that we're generally not a physical team, but we just did not have any physical net front presence. I mean, we got out. we we had to try to we had to try try to snipe every time. There was yeah. no possibility for deflections. There was no you know yeah we got get the goalie out of its comfort zone, bump into his crease a little bit, make him uncomfortable. He looked way too comfortable. Yeah, and he did great. Carey Price um, absolutely dominated the Penguins in that first game. Um, well, I mean, it's just he's so experienced that if you just – it's almost like when you don't pressure a quarterback in football and you just let him sit back there and pick yeah, you apart. I think that's a good If you analogy. don't make Price uncomfortable yeah. and you just have to – and you just shoot at him all day, that's practice for him. What do you think he does in practice? He takes shots. That dude can save it. It's yeah. not a problem. You have to make him uncomfortable. I am a little bit upset here with uh, with Matt Murray still. Um, obviously, he didn't look great. Obviously, you guys know the whole, uh, you know, if you're a Pens fan, uh, even if you're just a fan of the NHL. Um, you it's know, a hate relationship between Matt Murray. Yeah. I mean, the Penguins, we had that. We had the option to keep either Flurry or Murray with an expansion, expansion team. We opted to keep Murray because he was younger. I liked the decision then. Um, but now Flurry's playing at a much higher level than Murray is um, in Vegas. Um, I said this at the beginning. Everyone was talking about Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith as two really good young goalies, and I said, "Sweet, so why are we keeping Murray, Murray when Flurry could offer more now. now and to the young guys?" Yeah. Um, I was always a huge fan of Flurry. I'm not saying I hate Murray. Look, dude, Murray. But it's just such a love hate relationship. He just. There's just some goals that you're just like, what he are you doing, have, man? It's the same as when he came into the league. No he doesn't hand. have a glove hand. No high glove Zero hand. Zero glove hand. Um, and they say it every time you watch a Penguins game. I don't remember the last time I've watched one. And when he hasn't gotten beat on it, and the announcers point out the fact that that's the scouting report. If you want to score People on People way smarter at hockey than I am. What, um, you know, the announcers, I don't even watch hockey all that much, but Guys that are way smarter than me, the announcers, the color commentators, Pierre Maguire down the glass, everyone says that Matt Murray doesn't have a glove hand. It's not just me. People oh, yeah. that are better than us. Yeah, if you, know. if you want to score on Murray, you shoot high glove side every time. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, we need to get Hornquist on that first line with Crosby for sure. Get him to the net. Let him, uh, let him get Price uncomfortable. That's going to be really the only way we're going to be able to um, fight and get some goals here. Uh, especially against a goalie like him. He's so experienced. He's, he's one of the best in the league, and he absolutely proved that against us in game one. So game yeah, I mean, two he's, he's, is tonight. He's really experienced. He's really good. I'm really hoping that the, the Pens can get something going. I don't want to see them fall behind 2-0 and ho- or 0-2. That would just be absolutely catastrophic. But there are six games on tonight. Uh, make sure you watch them if you want. <laughs> the Rangers and the Hurricanes – the Jets and Flames, Capitals and Lightning, 
the Stars and the Golden Knights, the Canadians and the Penguins and the Blackhawks Ooh, that's and tonight. the Oilers. Yep. Let's go. So uh, Let's see here. A lot of good games what time? tonight. What time? 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock Ooh. tonight for the Penguins. It's going to be tough for me. I'm going to have to keep the notifications on yeah. on the phone so I can see. Yeah. But uh, should be good tonight. Um, and that's just about wraps up the news. Make sure you join us next segment. We'll be back with the seasonal divisional round and predicting the AFC East for you. So not going to want to miss it. Make sure you come back for that. Hey, guys. So sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, our second segment today, uh, we had some technical stuff happen with it. Um, you will get the divisional stuff on Wednesday. We will be back with it. You will get the AFC East on Wednesday. We're sorry. and do it like this, but... We will have it for you then. Our graphic will be up on Instagram today, um, you know, trying to lay out the, the division. So make sure you guys are going and commenting on that. Our Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter is at the issue podcast. So make sure you guys are going there, commenting your takes. You might just hear one read live on the air. So, um, yeah, guys, thanks for your cooperation and uh, and dealing with the technical difficulties with us, but make sure you're doing that, and we will be back on Wednesday, so don't miss that episode. Thanks, guys.